Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. And then when Jacob's brother Esau had heard that Jacob is within range, then J- Jacob's brother Esau was coming with 400 men to kill him, and God soared to help Jacob by changing the heart of Esau. And on and on and on, many, many times. And Jacob had seen God as the soaring one, and that's why he calls him that. He soars to his relief. Now, Jacob refers to God as the soaring one who had strengthened the arms of the hands of Joseph. But, but Jacob goes on to call then God the shepherd, not just the soaring one, but now the shepherd. Now, this is different. You know, the soaring one's all quick action and shepherd's gentle. This is the first time in the Bible that God is called the shepherd. God is called the shepherd. I mean, um, and it was appropriate because Jacob, that was his life occupation. He was a shepherd. Jacob was a shepherd. And that was what he did for, that was what he did. And so he had experience in caring for the sheep, Jacob had experience. He spent many a night out there with the sheep, protecting them. And this is what he told Laban about his experience as a shepherd in Genesis 31, 38. Genesis 31, 38, where Jacob said, these 20 years have I been with thee. Thy ewes and thy she-goats have not cast their young, and the rams of thy flock have I not eaten. That which was torn of beasts, I bought, brought not unto thee. I bear the loss of it. Of my hand is thou required, whether stolen by day or stolen by night. Thus I was in the day the drought consumed me and the frost by night and my sheep, my sleep, my sleep departed not from mine eyes. So there he is. He's describing it. So Jacob is saying that he cared for the sheep with, with young, when they were the sheep or the goats, when they were with young, and he was gentle with them so they didn't miscarry. And then Jacob protected the sheep from the beasts that would tear and slaughter them. And he'd been with the sheep in the blistering sun. And man, can it get hot in Israel, especially now in July and August, because I was over there in August and the whole country was empty. And then I was told that I came at the wrong time. You remember that? That's terrible. But anyway, to be outside without air conditioning is unthinkable. But he said, I, in the day, I was in the day the drought consumed me, consumed me. And then Jacob had been with the sheep in the freezing winter, which he called, I was in the frost by night. So Jacob's got all this experience of the hard times that a shepherd has. And he also has the experience that a shepherd doesn't sleep much because the job of caring for the sheep is 24-7. And Jacob called that aspect of shepherd work, my sleep departed from my eyes. 
And so thinking back on this never-ending care and protection, he is a shepherd, as a shepherd, he was caring for the sheep in this way. And so when Jacob was thinking about that, then Jacob came to the conclusion, oh, God's a shepherd. God's a shepherd. He does all that. He's constantly in care for me and, and protects Jacob. And then Jacob feels sorry because God doesn't get any sleep because he causes a lot of trouble. Anyway, so, so that, that's why David, David then picks up on this and David called God his shepherd, you know, and in the famous 21st Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd because David was a shepherd. And David knew that it was that, that, that what it was like for him as a shepherd to stand in between danger and the sheep, which he described in 1 Samuel 17, 34, when he was talking to Saul, said, David said, and David said unto Saul in 1 Samuel 17, 34, David said unto Saul, thy separate, thy, thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock, and I went after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. So on separate occasions, David has said that there was a bear and there was a lion and it took a young lamb from the flock and David went after him. He went after him and he, 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 he killed the lion and the bear and recovered the lamb. And so therefore, David thinks about this and he says, oh, I got it. The Lord is my shepherd from Psalm 23, 1. And then Isaiah, as we mentioned here, Isaiah describes the Lord as the shepherd, the great shepherd, when he said in Isaiah 40, verse 11, that, that the Jehovah Jesus would feed his flock like a shepherd and gather the lambs with his arm, carry them in his bosom, and gently lead those who are with young. So he describes here, Isaiah describes the gentleness of the shepherd, the feeding of the shepherd, the carrying the weak lambs in the bosom and leading the pregnant carefully. That's care. That's care. And then the Lord Jesus, so he, he, he's the epitome of this. And so he says in John 10, 14, John 10, 14, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and are known of mine. Now, out there with a shepherd spending so much time with the sheep, you know what happens? The sheep and the shepherd get to know each other pretty well where the shepherd knows each one of the sheep and he gets to know their personality and he gets to know the sound of their individual voices. You know, for us, all sheep sound the same, but that's not true. They have distinctive distinctive voices. I mean, trust me, I lived with goats, well, and sheep for 10 years. And 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 when one would cry, and we'd be in the house there in Lakeside, we, could, we knew who it was who was crying just by the voice. We could tell that. Okay. I didn't write that on my resume, but that's the way it was. Anyway, you get to know him pretty well. And and the intimate knowledge is what the Lord said that he had as a shepherd where he knows us very intimately, and we know him very intimately as we spend time with him in prayer and, and, and in the Bible. And then he said, and then the Lord said in John 10, 11, John 10, 11, I am the good shepherd, the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Now, in this case, David recovered those lambs, and, you know, he really put his life on the line going after a bear and a lion, and, 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 and you know, that made David a good shepherd. In the same way, the Lord Jesus saw us in the mouth of the devil and, and heading for hell. And when the Lord Jesus gave his life on the cross for our sins, he defeated the devil, and he, def- and, and he recovered us just like Job described. Job described in Job 29.17, Job 29.17, 
where Job said, I break the jaws of the wicked and pluck the spoil out of his teeth. We were in the, we were, that's us. We were in the jaws of the wicked and, 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 and at the cross, the Lord Jesus broke the jaws of the devil and plucked us from his teeth. That's why he's a good shepherd. Now, when Jacob called God, the soaring God, the shepherd, he was also thinking about how the shepherd leads his sheep. Like it says in Psalm 80, verse 1, Psalm 80, verse 1, Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, thou that leadest Joseph like a flock. And, and, and as David also said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Now, actually, David saw that his time as a shepherd was training. That was training for him for how he was going to then care for and lead Israel. David saw himself as a shepherd king over Israel. As a matter of fact, he spoke about that when he said in Psalm 7870, Psalm 7870, speaking of what God did, he says he chose Jacob, also his servant, and took him from the sheepfolds, from following the ewes, great with young. He brought him to feed Jacob, his people, and Israel his inheritance. So he fed them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them by the skillfulness of his hands. He's talking about David's hands. The skillfulness of David's hands. Where did he learn that? As a shepherd, as a shepherd. During those years, he was training so that he would later say in Psalm 79, 13, Psalm 79, 13, so we thy people and sheep of thy pastures, he called people the sheep. Now, that was the same shepherd training that Jacob got and he went through, and it caused him to see in verse to verse 24 that the soaring God was also the shepherd. It was the years of training that he got as a shepherd that caused both Jacob and David to clearly see that sheep need a shepherd. You know, goats, goats, they're independent. First of all, goats, you know, if you look at goats, which I did for a long time. Anyway, you look at goats, both males and females typically have horns, typically have horns, and that's their defense. So goats have a defense. Again, they have a defense against predators, and they'll put up a good fight against predators. I remember one time when a bobcat got into the goat pen above our house, and and, it, and that goat pen had a big boulder. They all had big boulders in it, but this one had a big boulder. And that pen, and this bobcat was going for one of the baby kid goats there. And the mother came, and she used her horn, and she rammed that bobcat so hard into the rock, it killed the bobcat. And then, that wasn't enough for her. She was so indignant over it. She took her horns, and she threw the dead body of that bobcat way up in the air. So goats can defend themselves very well with horns. But when it comes to sheep, typically... Females do not have horns, and, and that makes them very vulnerable to predators. You know, they, about all they can do is run, and they don't run that well. But so sheep need a shepherd. They need a shepherd. And that's why the Lord, that's why the Lord said in Matthew 25, 31, Matthew 25, 31, when the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd 
divideth his sheep from the goats, and he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, the sheep, come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Then in verse 41, Matthew 25, 41, verse 41, then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, that's the goats, depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. So sheep are dependent animals. They need a shepherd. So believers are sheep, and so they're dependent on the Lord Jesus as their shepherd. But goats are independent animals. They don't need a shepherd. So the lost are, are, are likened to goats who are independent from the Lord Jesus, and he's not their shepherd. Can't ever read, read that verse Matthew 25, 41, where the Lord said to the goats on his left hand to depart from him. And it always reminds me of the time when Russ Plowman was working for Caltrans in El Centro at that time, and he found a rancher down there that had about a 100 uh, kind of wild Texas scrub goats. And, and every night he brought these goats, this rancher brought these goats into these pens, these makeshift pens that he made out of pallets. And, 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 and he even put a roof over the thing. So it had like, so it was like a four foot high uh, pen inside there. Well, at that time I was needing to immunize a lot of goats and look for the best antibody producers. So I made a deal with the rancher to immunize his goats at night when they would come into these pallet pens. And then, but then to my amazement, Pastor Jim volunteered to help me to go with me down there to help me immunize these hundred goats. So we went down there, we worked all night long, catching and injecting and paint stick marking these goats. And what happened is that when we entered into these four foot high pens, pallet pens, then all the goats would run to the other side and they would look at us with these demon eyes. And, and then we had a couple, she- we each had a shepherd hook, you know, with the cane with the hook on the end. And so we'd use that to catch the, the goats. So our practice all night long was to plunge into these this this herd of the goats, and while they were running to their side, we'd use the hook to grab one, and and then if it was marked, we'd let him go. But if he wouldn't, then we would inject him and mark him. And dust flew up everywhere. I mean, so our saliva was dust. It was spit. It was it was mud. You know, the goats were so stubborn and uncooperative. And just before we took one lunge, particular lunge into the herd, Pastor Jim said to me, now I know why the Lord said to the goats on his left hand, depart from me, you cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. <laughs> but, uh, okay, but Jacob and David as shepherds, they came to see how, they, how we are like dependent sheep, and the Lord is the caring, leading shepherd. Now, Jacob had a lot of experience, he had a lot of experience with sheep, and that's what led him to call God the shepherd of Israel. But he, he wasn't tending his sheep in the nice green rolling hills of Scotland. You know, he wasn't doing it. Was, that wasn't the terrain. He was tending his sheep in the Judean desert, which is kind of like the terrain along Highway 8 as you descend down into El Centro Valley. Okay, in other words, it's rocks, rocks, rocks. And, and that gave Jacob a lot of experience with rocks or stones. And so he had a firsthand experience. As a matter of fact, when he was fleeing from the desert, fleeing in the desert from his brother Esau, it says that Jacob made a pillow of stones for his head. That's where stones everywhere. So he thought a lot about stones, Jacob did. And he thought to himself, 
God is just like a great stone. It's solid. And that's why Jacob called the soaring God of Jacob the stone of Israel. So he looked at the stones in the desert and he thought, same way. It's a sure foundation. It's just like the hymn says. The hymn says, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus and that Jesus Christ and Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but holy lean, holy lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. His blood, his oath, his covenant, his blood support me in the whelming flood. When all around my soul gives way, he then is all my hope and state. Reminds me of the time when, reminds me of the time when I have the bright idea that the San Diego Pops Orchestra was playing. And at that time we were, well, anyway, it was playing. And, 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 and so I thought, instead of buying tickets, all that expensive tickets for the, for the whole family, I, I said, I got a great idea. We'll rent a sailboat and we'll park it in the bay right outside of where they play, see? And we'll anchor by the shore and we'll listen to the music. And we'll, and then, oh, it was great. So, you know, everything went great. You know, we, we sat in that cockpit there all bundled up and enjoyed the music. And we had the galley down below to make the hot drinks in. And, and, and I was pretty impressed with the whole setup. And so we were all sitting in there very cozy and warm, enjoying the music that was free. It was great. Until Joseph said that the music was getting fainter and fainter to hear. It was getting harder and harder to hear. And then Cheryl said that the orchestra was getting farther and farther away. <laughs> So at first I denied it and said, no, that's not true. But then I realized they were right and we were drifting and, and we were getting closer and closer to the Coronado Bridge, as a matter of fact. So what was the problem? The problem was is that the anchor only set in sand down there because there's no rocks under the, under the surface there for the anchor to grab a hold of. Now, everyone has an anchor for their soul and something they're relying on to keep them steady, to keep them going in the storms of life. But not every anchor is set into a stable rock, as it says in Hebrews 6.19, Hebrews 6.19, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil. So when I set the anchor in San Diego Bay, I had a hope that it was going to hold me, but just as, just as everyone has a hope that they have an anchor in their life, and it may be, it may be the anchor of hope for their soul that all their good works are somehow going to gain them an entrance into heaven. That's an anchor that's set in sand. It won't hold before the judgment, the judgment throne of the Lord Jesus. Some people have an anchor of hope for their soul that with cremation of their bodies, that they're just going to cease to exist. And that's an anchor that's set in the sand. And that won't hold when, when they, when their soul wakes up and makes that appointment that's spoken about in Hebrews to, um, to, to, to the judgment before the throne of the Lord Jesus. But we have an anchor of hope that for our soul that the Lord Jesus died for our sins and he gave us his righteousness as a covering for our sins. And that makes our anchor sure, steadfast because he's the stone of Israel. That's referred to in verse 24. He's gone within the veil into the Holy of Holies. And, and, and that's different from the anchor of the, the anchor of hope that others have. And that's why that's why Moses said in, in Deuteronomy 32, 31, Deuteronomy 32, 32, 31, their rock is not our rock. It's just different. The Lord's our rock, which means that he's the one that we have to run to. As it says in Psalm 18, 2, Psalm 18, 2, the Lord is my rock 
my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I'll trust, my buckler, little shield, and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. David, those were all familiar sights to David. David had seen the rocks. David had seen the fortress. David had seen the, the little shield, the buckler. He'd seen the, he'd seen the high, ta- he'd seen the horn, the animals. He'd seen the high tower. And he said, boy, those are all just like God. They're all just like God because that's what God is to me. And so, and now we know that the stone is the foundation stone that Jacob was referring to. It's the foundation stone that God set in Israel. It says that in Isaiah 28, 16. Isaiah 28, 16, it says, behold, the Lord God says, behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Okay, now, what happened is that um, when Israel saw the stone and they looked at it, they said, no, 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 we don't want it. And so Psalm 118.22, Psalm 118.22 says, the stone which the builders refused, it's become the head uh, stone of the corner. It's the Lord's doing. It's marvelous in our eyes. And then Acts 4.11, Acts 4.11, this is the stone which is set at naught by you builders, which has become the head of the corner. So they rejected and then God says, no, I'm going to make the head one. And then that was a marvelous thing. And so then, uh, and, 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 and so that he is the headstone. Then for Moses time, he was the rock that was struck when the people were thirsty and the, out of the rock came water, which shows that, that, that the Lord Jesus on the cross was struck and that from him flowed the blessings of salvation and reconciliation with God. So this is all tied up in what Jacob said when he called called God the soaring God, the shepherd, the stone of Israel. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for being all that, for being the great soaring God, soaring to our relief, and being our shepherd to lead us, guide us, care for us, and being our stone of a sure foundation. In Jesus' name, amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California. Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Reach Israel. Join Tom Cantor for the second annual Israel Restoration Ministries Jewish Evangelism and Training Conference in San Diego, California, February 22nd and 23rd at the Creation and Earth History Museum. Early bird registration, only $99, includes a two-day conference pass, 
meals, teaching, creation museum, and tabernacle admission, plus over $150 worth of equipping resources. Come hear Tom Cantor, Dr. Michael Brown, Dan Sered, and more on how we can reach the lost in America and Israel on February 22nd and 23rd. Call 619-599-1104, 619-599-1104, or sign up at ReachIsrael.com. That's ReachIsrael.com. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. Grow deeper in God's Word with the Friendship with God King James Version Study Bible prepared by Tom Cantor. This genuine lambskin large print study Bible features the history of Israel, full-color timeline and maps, frequently asked questions about the Jewish Messiah, prophecy and fulfillment study, Hebrew root notations and definitions, the life study of Joseph, and so much more. Order your copy today for only $49.95. That's $49.95. And receive a free personal signed copy by Mr. Tom Cantor, along with your name engraved on the cover. To order your Friendship with God Study Bible, call 1-800-247-3051. That's 1-800-247-3051. Or visit us at creationbookstore.com. That's creationbookstore.com. 